Are you registered for Culture Proof Conference 2024? Well, you need to get registered today. We are super excited about our first ever conference that's coming to Faith Baptist in Bartlett, Tennessee. Yes, July 18th through the 20th. And we're open, wide open. So go to cultureproof.net right now and register. Yeah, that's right. And I say the first ever conference. It's the first ever Culture Proof Conference. But everything that you love about the types of conferences that the Addisons produce all remains intact. Some of our speakers this year include the incredible Dr. Kathy Cook. Abraham Hamilton III. Dr. Renton Rathbun. Dr. Lee Brand. And Israel Wayne. And not to mention our extraordinary Culture Proof Kids and Teens tracks facilitated by Maria Hamilton. The third. And Mark and Amy (laughs) Warren. You're going to want to make sure you register. When registration fills up for those tracks, the kids tracks, we close them down because we want our classrooms to be functional and we want our kids to get the most out of those classrooms. All right, question. Mm-hmm. Is functional a word? No, probably not. So fu- functional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. I just want to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, don't let her do it. Oh, Lord. Um, when you don't have a red line in your brain, you're just going to leave it. Okay. We want to see you in Bartlett, Tennessee at Faith Baptist Church, July 18th through the 20th. That's right. Go to cultureproof.net. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are talking about last week's Jennifer Crumley verdict that reminds us uh, several things. One, that our culture is incredibly sick. And two, that parents ultimately have the responsibility of parenting their kids. And I I feel like this verdict coming out of Michigan um, just reminds us that it is it is the parents responsibility to give oversight to our kids and to be responsible for how they behave in culture today. Yeah. One thing I think we see with a lot of the stories that we are covering is that God's design is perfect. Mm, Amen. When you get away from God's design, that's chaos. Mm -hmm. And so here's another example. You know, we are called as parents to parent, you know, and so when when there's neglect, man, and things happen, we are responsible. No matter what the culture may say that, you know, kids have autonomy, they can Mm. do what they want, the authority being wrestled away from the parents. This case right here shows, man, that parents have a great responsibility and we better be serious about it. Man, you are absolutely right about that. I want to look at this article. This is USA Today's article um, that came out February the 6th, um, looking at 
the verdict that that was handed down. Um, and I just I'm going to read a little bit of it. The details are really shocking, but I think that there's a spiritual message here or an eternal message that our culture would love to ignore. Now, look, I, I would say this: a lot of people covering this and our mainstream culture loves this because it deals with guns, mm-hmm. right? And so they love the gun angle. They love the the you know let's let's stop the 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 sale of guns to to minors. Let's stop the sale of guns to the mentally disturbed. And oh, by the way, we get to, we get to define what mentally disturbed actually is mm-hmm. in our culture today. They love it for that angle, but I'm pretty sure they're going to overlook and ignore the hypocrisy in this verdict that you are charging a parent with involuntary manslaughter because you say there was gross negligence that the parent didn't parent. <laughs> While at the same time, championing and celebrating in our culture, the lack of parenting or wrestling away from parents in real time, their God given right to oversee their kids. Like, I mean, just think about that hypocrisy, right? Yeah. You can't have it both ways. No. In this uh, historic, you know, case, Mm -hmm. man, it's going to have far reaching consequences. Like, I think when there are other things that come up that uh, involves the, the negligence of parents. Man, they're going to look back at this and yeah. say, well, here we go. We have precedent. So, man, this is this is big. It'll be very interesting to see what this looks like in our country in the years ahead, um, especially as we continue to see um, mental health decline. We continue to see the celebration of confusion over identity in our culture, which we know overwhelmingly disadvantages kids mentally when we start to say that you can be whatever you think you are. Mm. Um, this has far reaching consequences. Yes. And I think we'd, we would do well to look at this case in light of scripture. So first, let's look at the case and let's look at the verdict that was handed down last week. Um, And this, again, is the USA Today article. Um, Jennifer Crumbly became the first parent in the United States to be found guilty of involuntary manslaughter on Tuesday of last week for a mass school shooting committed by her teenage son. Crumbly, 45, was convicted of four counts of involuntary manslaughter for her role in November 30th, 2021 shooting in which her son, Ethan, opened fire at Oxford High School in Michigan, killing four of his classmates and injuring seven others. Involuntary manslaughter carries a maximum sentence of 15 years in prison, and Crumbly is set to be sentenced in April. Now, it's important to note she was found guilty on four counts, so for each of those kids who was killed, so if you do the math, she is looking at 60 years Mm. in prison. Um, she will die in prison. Yeah. At 45 years old, she will die in prison because of something that her son did that uh, apparently the prosecution made a sound case or mm. a good enough case that jurors uh, unanimously believed that she was guilty on all four counts of mm. this inv- involuntary manslaughter charge. Um, I'll continue here. Jennifer Crumley, uh, who took the stand in her own defense last week, said that she never foresaw her son's deadly actions. She said her son did not show signs of being mentally ill other than being anxious about school and his future after graduation. She also said that while she and her husband bought their son the firearm, he was only allowed to use it at the shooting range with his dad. She said it was her husband's responsibility to securely store the gun. It's interesting. There seems to be a 
little bit of a, it's not my fault. It is yeah. his fault. Yeah. And we didn't know type of thing going on. Well, that tends to happen. Human nature, you know, throw it off on somebody else. You guys both are the parents. Yes. So you both have responsibility in this. And, you know, when I hear more and more about this case, I'm like, man, yeah, they are responsible. And we are telling parents, you know, uh, throughout this country that you are responsible. I think that's a good thing. It's sad that this has happened, but man, this is the responsibility of the parents. And so I think this is going to cause there to be a shakeup and taking mm-hmm. this a lot more seriously. I think so, man, it's very chilling. You know, when you watch the verdict being read um, and you've got Jennifer Crumley who is sitting, she's got her eyes closed. And then you've got each of the victims names being mentioned mm. um, as she's charged with these four counts. Here's what that sounded like uh, last week. On count one of involuntary manslaughter as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count two of involuntary manslaughter in regards to Tate Muir, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. On count three, as to involuntary manslaughter regarding Hannah Hanna St. Juliana, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. And in count four of involuntary manslaughter against Justin Schilling, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Thank you for allowing me to see Mm, it's just wow. I, I don't know there's something chilling about hearing each of the victims names read um, yeah. and then after that of course each of the jurors they are asked individually was this and is this your decision uh, and they all are like yes and so it seems mm. to me that there was enough overwhelming evidence that there was no question in the jurors minds that this woman was guilty her husband will go to trial in March yeah I mean it seems likely that he would yeah. be found guilty as well I expect the same verdict you know this is a very sobering mm-hmm. but it, it, I think it's a moment to cause us to take consideration of what what we're saying about parents in this country. And so we're going to say because of this, that man, they are held responsible for what their son has done. This has to go across the board, but yeah. I don't think it will because there are certain different agendas that that's get, right. They get, get a pass, yeah. you know, but this, when you talk about guns and murder, it's like, yeah, get rid of those guns. Like you should not, not have done that. And you know, it may be true, but we don't like to apply that across the board, but I, I think we should look at it. You know? One of the dads of uh, the dad of one of the victims was uh, in the courtroom as the verdict was being read. Uh, Craig Schilling, mm. his son, Justin, was killed in the shooting and he sat stoically as he listened to the verdict being read. But then afterwards, he said this, quote, I feel most of all that the cries have been heard. And I feel that this verdict is going to echo throughout every household in the country, mm. uh, in the country. He continued, we all have work now we all know that we are to be held responsible for anything that we do now (laughs) think about that now again i'm I'm gonna say this i think that there is a lack of awareness that our culture has with regard to this verdict and i think there are going to just be aspects of this verdict that we simply are not going to want to hear (laughs) but when you live in a society where we are basically being told as parents that our kids should be able to do whatever they feel they want to do and we just cheer them on this verdict creates a sort of cognitive dissonance for us where we're like, wait, wait, well, wait a minute. I am going to be responsible for what my kid does. But at the same time, you're telling me I need to let my kid live his or her best life. Mm. How do we navigate that? 
Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's the question that's going to have to be answered because, you know, we are saying that parents are held responsible for being neglectful, Mm -hmm. you know? And so the thing is, you know, the parents are going to have to look at this and say, man, wait, hold on. Like, what does this mean? Not only for this, but for other things, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and we ought to be held responsible. It's simply put, we're saying parents need to parent. You know, parents need to parent and it's your responsibility to parent. And so I think this verdict shines the light on that. And so it's a very sobering thing, but I think it's an important case as well uh, for us to take inventory and to look at how we're doing things in this country, what we're saying, you know, our parents are, who we're saying parents are and what they can do and what they can't do. I think this is going to shape it. At least I hope so. I hope it's not just thrown off as as a gun debate or or anything Mm, like that, mm -hmm. you know, but I hope there's a good look taken at this about how parents should parent and what we should do. You know, I feel like the gun debate is the low hanging fruit of the discussion. And I feel like there are so many people in our culture who would love that debate. They want it to stay right there. But what I really would like to see us press is, okay, wait a minute. If a parent can be held responsible for the, look, the horrendous actions of this son, right? Horrendous, like inexcusable there there's no and and he is completely wrong completely wrong and i want to get into we'll go back to this article here because i want to get into just a little bit of the details that were presented that i think when the jury you know took it all in total uh even including let me just say even including jennifer crumley being asked the question looking back on what happened knowing what you know now would you have done anything differently and and she just flatly said no Mm. I mean, taking all of that into consideration, as well as some of the other details I want to look at, Amazing. I really think parents have to be sobered by this. Yes. And parents have to find a little bit of strength. Now, look, this is going to be for those who deny the word of God, okay? We we find our strength and we find our, our encouragement and our directives in the word of God. But for those who have been slow to believe that God's word is true, this is one of those that, look— Find your strength in the reality that our culture knows, okay? Even our, our our justice system knows that parents have a certain amount of responsibility to oversee kids and to take control over what our kids are doing, what our kids are watching, what our kids have in their possession. Yes, yeah. up to and including guns. That's right. Parents have a responsibility. Getting back to this USA Today article, um, let's see, the shooter who is now 17 was sentenced to life without parole back in December after he pled guilty to multiple charges for the shooting that killed, again, Madison Baldwin, Tate Meir, Hannah St. Juliana, and Justin Schilling. Um, but there's a there's a guns expert. Let me see. Who is this man? His name is Nick Suplina who's a senior vice president for law and policy at every town for gun safety. This is what he said. Today's verdict underscores the important responsibility of parents and gun owners in preventing children from having unsupervised access to deadly weapons. Again, I know people love the conversation that revolves around guns, but can we say that if kids have unsupervised access to maybe some social media, Mm. if kids have unsupervised (laughs) access to maybe some influencers 
If, if kids have unsupervised access, maybe to those who would confuse them over their sexuality and their identity, can we say that this also has dire consequences in our culture? Then are parents responsible for that? What about the kid who commits suicide as a result of sexual confusion that has been celebrated and exalted on social media platforms? What, mm. what about that? Where where do, where does it stop? Yeah. Or how do we expand the expectation that we have of parents? Because right now in our culture, what we are saying is that we actually don't expect parents to parent. We're, we are saying collectively that parents are incapable of parenting. Mm. We are saying that the responsibility of oversight is then um, given to the schools. Yeah, the, the schools know better. That the social media influencers know better. I mean, glitter families, anyone? Hmm. What are we saying? We're saying if your parents don't accept you, come and find your space with the glitter family. What I have always said is that it's so interesting. Whenever we talk about the village and we talk about, you know, who who it takes to raise a kid, the village never shows up when the kid is in trouble. Yeah. Please note, please note. And I'm, I'm not saying that there would be anyone in collective society, at least not saying who would stand behind someone who would shoot up people indiscriminately. I am not saying that at all. But please know that Jennifer Crumley and her husband this coming March, please know that there's no village standing with them. <laughs> Please know that there's no one coming out of the shadows and saying that, you know, well, the kid had the right to express. Well, because, right, we know it's morally wrong. Mm -hmm. So what else do we know about what is morally wrong that parents should find strength from the word of God to say, no, I'm going to stand between my kid and this culture. When my kid is destroyed because the culture then usurps my authority, who stands with me? Yeah. Who is responsible with me? And what we know is that it's going to be the parent. The parent needs to parent right now. Right, right now, now. because right. in the end, when you look at what's going on with the Crumblies, who, who's coming? Who's coming to their aid? Who's yeah. coming to their defense? Yeah, they're that, saying they are responsible. That's a big point that you're making, and because of the way that um, these uh, situations are framed, where we are in culture, they don't see that as the same. You know, so th when you talk about social media access, we know the harm. Yes, the studies have been done. You know, the surveys and everything have been done. So we know uh, we have cases of things happening, you know, because of neglect to parent in that area. Mm -hmm. But it won't get the same type of, you know, press as this. Uh, but it's the same outcome in a lot of uh, situations. And so I think that's that's a big point and a big question that we as parents, we have to look across the board, as I was saying before, across the board, you know, maybe we don't have this situation, but do we have mm. the one with the social media yes. and just unfettered, you know, access for our children to all these different influencers and things like mm -hmm. that? Do we have that? And so I think we have to ask that question. And if that affects our children, then, man, we got to look at ourselves like That's right. we're responsible. That's right. And I, I want to say this because I think that there may be some question about, you know, what the evidence was that came from the prosecution. What what did they present uh, in making their case against the Crumbleys, at least against Jennifer Crumbley mm -hmm. um, again and the, the dad, his his trial coming up in March. Uh, some of the things and again, getting back to this USA Today article, which I think is just really this is a fascinating case and the decision is fascinating. And I think we would do well to keep our eyes on it. And I think even turning to it secondarily. Okay. I'm not talking about primarily turning to this case. Primarily as believers, we make our case from scripture. We have Amen. a God-given mandate to parent our kids. But I would say you can look at this case, right? You can look at this case and say, well, wait a minute. Doesn't our justice system even recognize that parents have a responsibility to parent? Who's going to stand with me when my kid is mentally distressed and I'm told to celebrate that? Hmm. 
Who's going to stand with me? <laughs> Getting back to this USA Today article, the prosecution cited a handful of text messages sent eight months before the shooting in which the teenager text messaged his mother that he saw a demon in their house. Mm. And that clothes were flying around. He also messaged a friend that he had paranoia and was hearing voices. The prosecution cited a journal that the shooter kept in which he wrote, I have zero help for my mental problems and it's causing me to shoot up. Wow. Wow. He, he recognized that he was having mental health problems. He acknowledged that he was seeing demons. By the way, when someone is is inspired to indiscriminately shoot up people there is no other credit to whom that can be given except satan <laughs> so c can we just put that Kill, to rest steal, like, destroy. come on like like there's no question so so look so people would say well do you believe he actually saw d yes yes i do and i also watched some footage of him in custody and watched how he's acting out and some of the things that he's been screaming and yelling out i absolutely do believe he saw demons mm. and i absolutely do believe that when he told his parents that he observed these things happening that they ignored him mm -hmm. And I believe that there are many parents whose kids are crying out because they have gained access to a world that they don't know how to navigate. There is yeah. a spiritual world. There is an unseen realm. The Bible tells us very clearly that we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. That's so right. when this kid who at the time was 15 years old, now 17 years old, life in prison, when he said that he saw demons, you would look and say, well, do you believe he really? Yes, I do. <laughs> Because who can be credited with telling someone that the solution to your problem is to kill people? Who like who do you who, who are we going to credit with that? Right. Christians, look, we have got to be discerning. We've got to wake up. The world does not recognize what God has made very clear and very plain to us as believers. Yeah. Getting back to this article, Jennifer Crumley testified she never saw the text messages that her son sent to his friend. She never saw her son's journal and that her son never asked her to take him to a therapist. If he had, she said she would have gotten him an appointment. She also testified that she didn't think it was relevant to notify the school that her son had access to a gun at home saying she never thought her son would harm anyone mm. that he'd never been in trouble before i'll just continue on the morning of the shooting the crumbleys were summoned to school over a troubling drawing that their son had made on a math worksheet featuring a gun a bleeding <laughs> human body and the words the thoughts won't stop wow. help me this is the day of the shooting the parents actually were called to the school and then the school made the decision that it was probably better that they keep the child, keep the son at the school because it was probably not good for him to be alone. So they didn't send him home that day. They also did not check his backpack, which is where he was at school with the gun. So it, almost you almost would think the school is responsible too. They, they had a part in this, that there are some things that they should have done that they didn't do that could have stopped this as well man it's really troubling to me yeah, all the way it around it's troubling to me the school said that they told the parents the kid needed some help um you know but here he is at school with the gun yeah here he is at school with the gun while the demons okay that are are tormenting him mm. and he's crying out he's drawing and then crying out help me and and that is in some ways and i'm not saying in totality but in some ways that is ignored here's the bottom line though and and, and again it's such an interesting juxtaposition if mm -hmm. you will on the one hand we are to say that we can trust the school the school will absolutely make the right decisions mm -hmm. and in this case the school made the wrong decision right 
but the overwhelming weight is on the parents. As it should be. As it should be. Yeah. You know, yes, the, the school should have done some things differently. But, man, the parents are, man, you are responsible. Yeah. We are responsible for our children and, you know, and to train them up, like to provide for them the things that they need. You know, like so this stuff was going on and this 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 child was uh, giving signs, not even just signs, straight up telling them this is what's yeah. happening. But it was ignored. And so when you look at this, man, this is a historic thing. But I, I feel like, wow, yes, we are responsible. And I think this is what this case says, that parents, you are responsible. Uh, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1, a wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish son is a grief to his mother. Mm. And then there are other passages that really point to the fact that it is the parent's responsibility. Um, in Proverbs 17, verse 25, a foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to her who bore him. Mm. Notice that it says nothing about the culture. Right. Notice that it says right. nothing about society, that that when you've got a foolish son or you've got a son, the Bible even goes further to say a son who remains undisciplined. Notice that all of the shame and the ridicule and mm. ultimately the responsibility yeah. comes back to be laid at the feet of the parents, That's the right. mother and the father. That's right. We can't get around this. And this is something that we have known. We, we didn't yeah. need this verdict, the Jennifer Crumley verdict to tell us this. This is something we already knew. Right. Once again, God's design is best. He has set this up because he's wise. He understands that we are placed here as the ones who are responsible for our children to to keep them, to show them, to guide them, uh, to give them what they need. And if we don't do that, we have outcomes like this. Now, this may be on the, the far side of it, but this could happen mm -hmm. if you neglect. You know, So I think this shows us once again that God's design is perfect. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18, discipline your son while there is hope. While there Discipline is your son while there mm. is hope and do not desire his death or do not be a, a willing participant in his death. Wow. Look, the Bible overwhelmingly lays this responsibility at our feet mm. to not only discipline our kids, but to shape them and to bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. I'm thinking also of Ephesians chapter six. The Bible says, children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And then there is a directive given to the parents. There's a command given to the parents. Mm. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Amen. This is not a commandment that is given to the culture. Come on. This is not a commandment that is given to society. This is given directly to parents. And I got to tell you, this Jennifer Crumley verdict, while it's disturbing, it's troubling to consider what the precedent might be, this verdict actually simply echoes what we know to be biblically true, that parents have a responsibility to their children and they will be held accountable. Mm. So when you've got this Crumley verdict that has come in, just know that this verdict is simply echoing what we know to be biblically true. That's Again. Right parents will be held accountable. Yeah. And I'm expecting the same verdict for the father. Yeah. You know, um, he <laughs> does not get a pass, uh, as well. So I, if, if something was different, you know, I'll be surprised, mm. but man, again, you, you're right. This says that parent parents, we need to parent and that God's design again is perfect. Look, the culture says that kids should just be left to themselves. The culture says that the kids 
now have become the adults in the room. The culture mm. says, parents, you need to take a step back. Your role is obsolete. Your ideas are antiquated. The book you read from is ancient. This is what the culture <laughs> says. But those of us who know the Lord and fear him, we take his word seriously and we take our roles as parents seriously. So when we say parent, man, we've got a parent for the glory of God. We've got to stand between our kids and the culture and we've got to do that without apology. When we resist those cultural trends that rival the truth, mm. we remain culture proof until next time. Lord willing. God bless. God bless.